Welcome in to Blitz and Buckets. My name is Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by Jaden Kozak to my left. Jaden, how you doing, man? Feeling good, feeling good. Ready, ready to talk about this Harden trade. Right, very, right. Very exciting. We got a lot to cover this episode, so uh, we'll get right on rolling with it. But we want to mention that we're available on iTunes now, which is a pretty big deal. We're, we've been available on Spotify, now we're on iTunes. We also got a Twitter and an Instagram, at Blitz and Buggis. We would appreciate it if you hit us with a follow. And with that, I feel like we should just get right on into it. So... This Harden trade, big news in the NBA this week. A trade that rocked every level of the league. And the full breakdown here, right in front of me. The Nets got Harden. The Rockets got Oladipo, Victor Oladipo. And eight first-round picks. The Cavaliers got Jared Allen and Turon Prince. And the Pacers got Karis LeVert. Now, biggest piece of the trade that we're going to break down first, obviously, Mr. James Harden. Yeah, definitely. I think that makes them very hard to stop. I mean, obviously, like, you know, 2K, they're ridiculous right, right. now. But defensively is where I worry about them, and that's obviously where you got to look. You know, Kyrie's below average defender. Harden, below average defender. KD is probably the best defender in their starting lineup now. And, you know, losing Jared Allen, losing Karis LeVert, those pieces hurt. You know, letting those guys go, especially with them being Jared Allen being probably one of the best rim protectors in the league, this as young as he is, that's really going to hurt them. And you know, they're thirtieth in second chance points, and they're th- like twenty seventh in allowed fast break points, and that's gonna that's gonna hurt them when they don't have a whole lot of rebounding. DeAndre Jordan's gonna have to return to like his Clippers days, and they're gonna have to really, they're gonna have to try and outscore everybody because everybody's gonna be able to put like one thirty on them nightly. Right. Because they're so hard, it's going to be so hard for them to defend. Now, do you think they take the East over the Bucks? I th- I feel like right now they do. I don't know if that changes after the deadline because. The Bucks are solidified. Yeah. The Bucks have proved it. Now, yeah. the Nets are throwing I don't this have team the together. Bucks proved it. They, they went out in the second round last year. You're right. Have you're they right. proved I mean, so, you know, they've looked good so far. I mean, Giannis has been in and out of the lineup. Nobody's really got to see their full like the Nets have been missing Kyrie for games and they've missed KD like once or twice. They've the Sixers have missed Embiid and Simmons a lot. Celtics are now missing Tatum. Like nobody's really been able to see except for the Pacers, honestly. And you know they just picked up Karis LeVert over Aladipo, and I think that was I think that they were they probably benefited from that trade maybe even more than <clears throat> Brooklyn did because they swapped out Aladipo for Karis LeVert. Aladipo is an expiring deal. You're not going to re-sign him. And you get Lavert, who's probably one of the best contracts in the league for you know, respective to his talent level. Right. And you've got him locked in for the next three years, and he is you know just as good, if not better, than Aladipo. Right. Right. Got some stats for Karis Lavert this season and last season. Last season, he played 45 games, averaged 18.7 points, 4.4 assists, 4.3 rebounds, and almost 30 minutes per game. And in 12 games this year. A lot of the same. 18.5 points per game, 6 assists per game, 4.3 rebounds, and almost 28 minutes per game. But that ought to go up in Indiana. I I definitely think so. I think one problem that the Nets are going to have is, you know, who gets the ball? Like, I've never heard of a situation where it was more so, like, the problem is there's only one ball. I remember hearing that when KD went to Golden State. But Steph and Clay, you know, they don't have to have the ball all the time. Steph Steph and Clay both being some of the best 
at moving without the ball, but Kyrie and Harden are both two guys that need the ball in their hands to be effective, especially Kyrie. Harden, earlier in his career, was able to move a lot off the ball, like in his OKC days, but you know how well can they work with KD being the definitive alpha in right. Brooklyn? It's going to be very tough to see that. Plus, that bench, which was, you know, 12, 13 deep with guys that were playing in a playoff series last year. You know, even like the TLCs, the Chiozas, like those guys are going to have to be up in like main bench minutes. Because, you know, you move from like a 13-man rotation to like an 8-9 to man rotation. And you don't have Levert being that punch off the bench anymore to Mm -hmm. handle the offense when neither Kyrie and Katie are out, even though most of the time they're stacking minutes. They don't have that anymore. You're going to have Harden, Katie, and Kyrie starting the game and finishing the game together. Right. So that's going to be difficult for Steve Nash to try and figure out. But I think the Cavs won this trade, as weird as it is, because they sent a future first. I, I don't even think it belonged to them. Uh, for Jared Allen, who's a young, very, very good rim protector, probably one of the best in the league, and gave up almost next to nothing for it. And now they get to move forward with a young core, and I think they'll probably move on from Drummond and or Kevin Love in the near future, but I think they won this trade, weirdly enough. Right. Jared Allen has definitely proved it. He almost averaged a double-double last year with 11.1 points per game and 9.6 rebounds, and this year, in 12 games, he is averaging a double-double. So, And I think, statistically, the Cavaliers were 19th in rebounds last year, despite having Drummond. And they were 22nd in rebounds this year, so far. So, I think he's going to bring a lot needed rebounding help. And he's going to be that rim protector. And I I think you have a point there that the Cavs won the trade. And the one team that we haven't talked about, which I think was the biggest loser of the deal, was Houston. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, everything kind of avalanched that one night after the L.A. loss. Harden made his comments saying that this the damage that's been done is pretty much irreversible. Then John Wall made his comments saying, you know, how are you going to jump ship after nine games? And then Cousins said this disrespect and this chemistry issues, they've been going long before what he said last night. And by then I I actually was talking to a friend and said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not traded by Friday and not 20 seconds later I looked down and the trade had been agreed oh, upon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once he said those comments post game, yeah. I knew that it was over. But You the, can't have yeah. your star player in the media making comments. Like I mean, that. that's about as public as a trade request as right. you'll ever see. It's so disrespectful, yeah. especially for the other players like John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins yeah. and Christian but, Wood and yeah. all those guys. you mm-hmm. gotta you got to feel so crappy about that. Yeah. I think that Rockets team now becomes one of the most fun teams in the league to watch. You know, you got Wall, <clears throat> Cousins, Wood, Aladipo. Like, that's a fun roster. I don't right. know how how well they compete in the West. <clears throat> They'll probably be in the playing games. But they're a very fun team. Like, they're a league pass team. Mm-hmm. Very. I think John Wall is going to be able to run the show a little bit. Aladipo is going to get his shine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think Wood is very good. I think Christian Wood is really good. And you know, it would have been nice if Harden ended up staying there because I think him and Wood would have been a really nice pairing. You know, maybe not, like, championship level, but they would have been really good. But now, obviously, Harden's going to go compete for a ring right. in Brooklyn. Right. Could we see an all-star season out of Oladipo and John Wall this year? It's going to be tough in the West, but I think, I mean, obviously their usage rates both go up because, you know, you don't have Harden handling the ball as much. So John Wall is now going to be 100% running Who's been great so far yeah. this year. Yeah. And Oladipo so far this year, he only played 19 games last year, but in nine games this year, he's averaging 20 points, 4.2 assists, 5.7 rebounds. I mean, that's a good stat line. It's nice to have, especially for this year. I just don't – 
I think he's going to end up being, you know, just twenty million dollars that the Pacers sent over for Levert because I don't think he's going to get re-signed. Right. Me so neither. I, yeah, I think that was just Houston's enough to fill. On. Yeah, I think that was just enough to fill salary. They're going to move forward with these eight first-round picks, which. Right. That's why I think they definitely lost the trade because you mean to tell me that That's why they definitely lost the trade. That's I, a sentence I, you would not expect to hear. From eight first round picks, yeah. But at least for the next four years they're gonna be like high twenties. Well come to expect as you're going into a rebuild getting yeah. eight first round picks. You're I mean it's you're nice, not competing now. You, you gotta think they also lost a lot of first round picks with the Westbrook and the Chris Paul trades. Like they didn't have very many. They're kinda of, they're almost getting them back. Right. And they're gonna be worse picks because now they're a worse team mm-hmm. getting a good team's picks. Right. But I think they'll try to move forward with that cap space. But I don't And their really... most exciting young piece is Christian Wood. Oh definitely. And they don't have a lot of super exciting young pieces yeah. besides Christian. Yeah. They've got Boogie, who's obviously had his day. Yeah. John Wall probably had his day. Yeah. Oladipo had his day. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be going into rebuild for the Houston Rockets. Now, in the standings, the Rockets are sitting at 14th. Like we mentioned earlier, we see them battling for mm-hmm. an 8 seed possibly in the West, yeah. but it's a tough conference out there. And the, the Pacers are fourth in the East right now, and they, that, they can I, only go up from here. I think they're a team that can compete. You know, they might be able to make it to the Eastern Conference Championship. Just be, like, you know, they might catch a nice matchup, um, but they're definitely there. Brogdon, like, that team is full of sleepers. Like, Brogdon, Sabonis, you don't talk about those guys when you're talking about, you know, the superstars of the East. They don't they don't hit, like, the names of Giannis and Embiid and KD and everyone on Brooklyn now. But, How do like, you think the loss of T.J. Warren hits them, though? I mean... They've kind of started to deal with it, but Levert plugs that hole perfectly. Like right. he fills that scoring punch with almost no issue. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll be all right. I think they he'll do even better. He'll put up better stats than he did with Brooklyn. Obviously. Oh yeah, well, because the way Brooklyn wanted to use Levert was you know that punch off the bench, and right. now he's moved into a starting role. But I think the East is now definitively Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly at the top three, and then you know you got Indy, you got Boston, you got Miami if they can you know kind of figure it out again. I. I feel like last year was somewhat of a fluke. Right. Bubble. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they kind of hit stride at the right time. They got past Milwaukee on a great matchup. A young Boston team. Like, right. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away. There were some comments from Jason Tatum the other day where it was like, yeah. he saw players, and he was obviously referencing the Tyler Heroes, yeah. the players that were going off in the bubble that would not have done that during yeah. the regular season. And he was like, I saw dudes balling out yeah. that could not do that during yeah. the regular season. So. Yeah. Different, different. So I think that just about covers. That's, I mean, it shakes the NBA world. But other big sports news this week. There's a lot to cover. We got the college football playoffs, and we'll we'll touch on this a little bit. Main points: Justin Fields brings up his draft stock one week, yeah. brings it right down the next. A lot of that maybe can be tr- contributed to injury, possibly. Yeah, it, there's something there. It just I found it crazy how like. I saw things saying, you know, does Jacksonville trade out of one now that now that they've got Urban Meyer? Do they maybe trade out of one to get Fields? Because Urban Meyer was the guy recruiting him, and he obviously likes Fields. So you know, that's what they then, want. That's the narrative. Yeah, but I don't see. I don't see it happening either. But how do you go from being put in that conversation to you know? I've seen him as low as fourteen to right. New England now. Right. And then you've got that's how he was before the game. Yeah. Before the Clemson game. Yeah. Yeah. So, underwhelming. He did rush for 67 yards, though. Yeah. So, you like to but see that. They, they got obliterated. 
Devontae Smith might Oof. be one of the best non like as far as receivers go, probably one of the best ever in college football. Like what he did I mean he set the two hundred and fifteen yards receiving and three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. I mean like and the crazy he's my size. He's six feet tall, one seventy. Right. Like how I don't know how that translates to the NFL. And it also depends on where he goes. Like, you know, if he ends up in Miami or some he's gonna have to end up with a good quarterback, I think. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if he ends up with a struggling quarterback, he's not going to out muscle receivers or out muscle corners all the time. Like he's not gonna be able to create his own plays a lot. Right. So I don't know how well he chan- translates over like a Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Will, will he be the first receiver taken? I think considering he's six feet tall, there's a lot of guys who are shorter. I feel like that height will translate pretty well to the NFL, but talent is going to trump all. Yeah. You know, and Devontae Smith's talent is undoubtable. Undoubtable. What did LeBron say on Twitter the other day? A cross between Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. I also saw that, because, uh, you know, he's obviously an Ohio State guy. He was like, did we not watch the. Did we not watch the ceremony? Did we not look at the Heisman this year at all? Right. Because, I mean, it really looked like they didn't have an answer for him. Like, they put Wade on him, and Wade's supposed to be like a late first, early second. Yeah. Torched him. Yeah. Right. I think Wade might have hurt his draft stock with that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 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 So that just about covers it for the college football playoff. And now we get into the National Football League. Wild card recap, and we start with... The game of the week, Steelers and Browns. Now, I'd like to tell our listeners a little bit of a story here, a little bit of background. So, our fantasy league, it's made up of eight teams, which eight people, and we're all pretty close friends. And we've met up for various games this season, and we met up for the Steelers-Browns game the other night, and it was actually Jaden's house. He hosted the event, and he invited all of his friends over, to witness the massacre of the Browns versus the Steelers. You didn't speak a word. That was the worst experience of my life, easily. Like, it felt like I was in a room naked and, like, everybody is pointing and laughing at you and <laughs> ha-ha. Like, I, I, I was helpless. Especially when it, like, got to, like, 28-zip, I was helpless. I had nothing. I was having a good time at first. I know you were. After the first... After the first two touchdowns, I was like, ha-ha, in your face. Third touchdown, I was like... Uh, in your face. And then by, as it got worse and worse and worse, I was like, it's okay. You missed the part, <laughs> you missed the part where there was hope. And we were down, right. what, 12, like 50, and then we punted for some godforsaken reason. You missed all that. I think but, at that point, the Browns were just like, I mean, foot off the gas a little bit. They almost screwed up, though, because we, we started putting together drives, but it I just... We didn't play as poorly as the, especially as it showed in the first quarter. Like that was just a bunch of events that will never happen. Like arguably the worst quarter of football. Oh, yeah, like history. that was the worst I've ever seen. But like a snap over the head on the first play that lands in a touchdown. Two picks that were batted down by defensive linemen. One of them, like a defensive lineman, dives out to get it. Like that doesn't happen. Right. Very often. And I mean, you know, it's still a, lo- a loss is a loss. And when you lose like that, you can't nitpick one play and say that this was the problem or this was the problem. Right. But if you're gonna go, if you're gonna throw five interceptions in a playoff game, you're probably gonna lose that game. Yeah. Was it four? Yeah, it was. It was only four. But he, I mean, five hundred passing yards set the completions record too. Granted, he was down for all of the game and he was forced. Yeah, to throw. the game script calls uh, uh, for him yeah. throwing. Yeah. yeah. So. Anyway. 
the main takeaways from that game, because it was such a blowout, I mean, I don't mean to keep emphasizing that point, <laughs> but the Browns rushed for 127 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That's the strength of their game. They carried it in the, into this game. I keep mumbling over my words. My apologies. But 127 rushing yards and two touchdowns. They carried that strength into the game, and Baker looked pretty good. 263 yards passing and three touchdowns against the second-best passing defense in the NFL. Yeah. Missing Hayden hurt a little bit, but not not enough to make it that bad. Right, right. I said on the pod last week that Baker had something to prove, and I think he proved it in that game. He's really got something to prove this week. Especially against the rivalry game. Oh, yeah. Against the Steelers. And he's going to carry that confidence into the next game. Granted, it's he, against the Kansas City Chiefs. He is a guy that builds on confidence. Right. You know, he, he feeds off that. He loves right. it. Yeah. So, even if he loses to KC this coming week, he's going to carry that confidence into the next year, yeah. into the years coming. So, mm-hmm. I think the Browns are a good team, special team. Oh, yeah. I think they'll be competing for years to, to come. Yeah. Yes. Weird as it is to say. Now we move on to the Titans and Ravens game. What a game. What a game. I, I did not. The first half, I was sitting there with a friend of mine, big Ravens fan, and I was like, I don't know what's going on, but for a team that has had, like, the Titans have stole their lunch money for the last year and a half, two years, whatever, last two games, and the Ravens looked flat. Like, they looked dead in the first half. No energy, no nothing. Every single time that the Titans made a play, everybody was celebrating, jumping up and down, like, and the Ravens were flat. Right. But... Second half kind of flipped. They caught a little momentum, and they were able to capitalize on it. And the main thing that everybody looks at is you hold Derrick Henry to 40 yards. Mm. And that was something that I talked about last week. You know, Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams haven't had the greatest seasons, but they still make a big def- big difference in that defense. Right. And they did on Sunday. Yeah. For sure. Tannehill was slowed down, too. I thought maybe – I picked the Titans this past week, and obviously that didn't work out. I thought – if Henry was held up, maybe Tannehill would pick yeah. up the slack because Tannehill has had some nice games. 300-plus yeah. passing yards, three touchdowns, yeah. multiple games like that this year and last year. Mm-hmm. But in that game, 165 passing yards, a touchdown, an interception, and only six yards rushing. And it, right. He's a little bit of a rushing quarterback, and he only had six yards. So very underwhelming from Tannehill, but a lot of credit to the Baltimore defense. Oh, yeah, and a lot of credit to Lamar. I'm, right. I'm like... As a Steelers fan, I'd much rather him do it on another team. But it's nice to see him, you know, after everything that's been said about him and how he can't win playoff games and, you know, he's not even he's not built to play quarterback. Like, it's nice to see him win a playoff game. Yeah. Especially against the Titans who have been, you know. Put away the haters. Yeah. And just get rid of that. I mean, it was ugly. It was a stain on yeah. what he's done so far, yeah. not winning a playoff game. But yeah. Like, it's weird that last year he won MVP. Right. And, like, I feel like people don't even talk about that anymore to us mm-hmm. outside of Baltimore. Like, nobody talks about that because he lost a playoff game. Right. But he came in clutch this past week, 179 passing yards, but that's not the spectacular part. 16 rushes, 136 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Insane talent. Crazy 50-yard run, too. Right. I think that I believe that was the second. It was like 48. It was like the second highest by a quarterback in a playoff game. Insane. And you can say that, oh, 50 yards to that. Uh, like, you could say that it was on big plays. That were mistake, yeah. But that's how Lamar plays. Yeah. He's going to get those big plays. Yeah. You know, it, it was not a fluke. And if you want to beat the Ravens, you've got to stop those chunk plays. Right. 
because if you don't, you're going to end up losing. And I, I really thought that when, because Tucker missed a field goal, that was completely out of nowhere. Didn't expect that to happen at all. And I was like, oh man, if Tucker is the reason why they lose a playoff game, not going to be looking good in Baltimore for the for three <laughs> straight games against Tennessee. Ugh. Yeah, but. but it didn't happen. Quick, want to touch on this. What'd you think of the stomping on the logo? I heard a lot of people saying, you know, oh, it's classless, blah, blah. But Tennessee did the same thing. Right. So, like, you know, you go right back at them. And Baltimore, Baltimore is a gritty team. Yeah. You know, if I'm not saying if any team were to do that, I would expect it to be Baltimore. But they're a gritty team. They like to grind it out. They're hard nosed. They've always been that way. Yeah. What surprised me is Ed Reed's comments. Ed Reed was said yeah. it was classless. Yeah. Which I, th- I mean, you got people on both sides saying, you know. It was deserve it or, you know, win with class. Yeah. I don't really like Peters. I don't like the way he goes about things, but... I said, we're not yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, th- I think it was deserved. I think, you know, you go right back at him, especially with, like, I've seen the picture of the guy flipping Lamar off and a whole bunch of other stuff. Like, you won. Right. You won the game. Go ahead. Yeah. You earned right. it. I agree. I agree. Now, as we move on to our next big game to recap, we got Colts and Bills, and the Colts ran the Bills pretty close in that game. Yeah, they scared them. Right. Phillip Rivers gave them all they could handle in potentially his last NFL game. He threw for 309 passing yards and two touchdowns. And he just just doesn't have the weapons to do any more than that. Yeah. He's got... The the touchdowns came from Jack Doyle and Zach Paschal, who... Nothing special. And Michael Pittman led the team in receiving yards with 90. And we have differing views on Michael Pittman. I just, it's weird how much you like him. I don't get it. See, I get a lot of my opinions from their fantasy outlooks. Yeah. And Michael Pittman towards the end of the year was pretty solid in fantasy. Yeah. So, I, and he's a rookie. Yeah. You know, getting 90 yards in a playoff game is pretty. Now, I don't, I think he's a number two. Unless he develops into a number one. Yeah. He's a number two. They need to get him weapons. I mean, they need to get somebody weapons in Indianapolis yeah. because it's not going to be Philip Rivers. Yeah. Frank Reich did come out and say that he wants Philip Rivers to be his quarterback next year, though. I mean, I would, too. I mean, right. he didn't look bad. He was a game manager. You know, he was just there to not make mistakes, you know, just right. hand the ball off a lot. Mm-hmm. But... They, they gave the Bills a run for their money, and the Bills were coming to this game hot, like yes. really hot. And you were Arguably the hottest team in football. Steamroll them, right. right? And the Colts were, you know, a couple weird – like the end of that game was some of the weirdest officiating I've seen in a while. Like I saw a penalty be taken back, then there was some clock management issues, and uh, Josh Allen had like a 30-yard fumble that could have completely flipped the game because that adds an extra minute to the Colts' drive and it starts them right at the 50. Right. Like, that game could have really gone bad and Sanchez missed a field goal from, like, 35 and they also went for two twice and got, missed it both times. Right. So without, a, without you know, one of those mistakes, the Colts win that game. Mm-hmm. And I think that really scared the Bills and that's why I'm very skeptical about them this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. No, one thing to note in that game, Jonathan Taylor, 78 rushing yards and a touchdown, solid. He's going to be a solid back yeah. moving forward. And I think so. 
He's going to be good. He's going to be good. Now, into our final recap game for this past week. The Rams versus Seattle. Now, I watched this game very closely, and the Rams' defense looks Super Bowl ready. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl ready. I, I can't say the offense is the same. No, no sir. <laughs> not, not quite yet, which is weird because it's kind of a flip the script from just two years ago when they were in the Super Bowl. But, man, this is a going to be a great matchup. You know, them running into Green Bay's offense, which has been red hot mm-hmm. to finish the year. Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. You know, Donald coming at Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's going to be such a good matchup. And we'll dive into that a little bit later as we look on to the divisional round. But some recapping notes to wrap up that final game on our recap list. We have... I think a lot of the loss falls on Russell Wilson's shoulders. Yeah. He looked bad. Yeah. He looked he, really bad. I yeah. mean, granted against a, a very, really, very good really good defense. defense. But when you are a top five quarterback, that doesn't affect you as much. Or it right. shouldn't anyway. When you want to be talked about, you know, in the greatest quarterback or best quarterback in the league conversation, you can't have a game like that. Right. Where he looked he lost. He was trying to scramble yeah, and that's trying. his game, but he, he just couldn't. Yeah. And when you've got the weapons that he does, it's not like that they're limited on weapons and he has to do it himself. Right. Yeah. I agree. And it wasn't the running game was fine. Chris Carson had 77 rushing yards. Yeah. So it it falls on Russell yeah. Wilson's shoulders. DK had good stats on paper, but Ramsey really played him tough. Yeah. DK finished with 96 yards and two touchdowns, but one of those TDs was off a broken play where yeah. Russell scrambled out, and it wasn't even DK's route. That he ran, it was broken play. He just kind of runs up the field yeah. and tosses it. Russell tosses it to him yeah. for a fifty-one-yard touchdown. Was, other one was in garbage time, just you know, right up the middle. But right, one play I remember from that game specifically was Ramsey's tip against DK. Yeah. Like Ramsey was all over the field in that game, yeah. and I just it maybe to me, I it felt like he fell off. For a couple years, yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't he was much great talk. in Jackson. It wasn't much talk when he got right. to LA at first, right? But it's definitely picked back up again. He's he's talking to the media again, right? And I mean that team's good. So, I don't like, think there's much debate that he's the best corner. Yeah, I mean you've got got like corners are very matchup dependent. I feel like from year to year, you know, like guys like Trey White who looked amazing last year, right? Haven't heard much from him this year. Mm-hmm. Not saying that he hasn't been great, but. For example, a guy like Xavier Howard, if you would have told me last year that Xavier Howard would be an all-pro corner this year, I would have told you you were crazy. Right, or J.C. Jackson. Yeah. You know. And, you know, 10 picks. Right. Exactly. You don't know what's going to happen with corners, I agree. It's very... But Jerry Alexander, I think, is in that conversation. I think he's up there. I think Trey White is up there. Jalen Ramsey's up there. Gilmore is still up there. And then Marlon Humphrey is right outside that tier. Right. And Marlon Humphrey could break into that tier easy yeah. because he's still a young guy. Yeah. You know, and he's on that Baltimore defense, and mm-hmm. that Baltimore defense just got a lot of fire to it. Yeah. So, more on that game. Seattle 2 and 14 on third down conversions. I mean, overall, just terrible. One thing that I want to say, though, Jared Goff looked terrible. Yeah. He just looked bad. His, stat, his finishing stat line was okay. 155 passing yards and a touchdown, but if you were watching that game, it just looked bad. Walford went out early. I don't don't think he even expected to play. He was just a guy that sued up as an emergency quarterback almost, which is weird to say about your starter. Right. That you're paying like 20-something million dollars a year. But he didn't expect to play, but 
you would think he'd come out with something a little bit better than that. Right. And that does not bode well going into next week. Granted, he did have the surgery. Yeah. Not too oh, long yeah. ago, two weeks ago. On a throwing hand, so. Right. So, I, but, I don't know, I he just, he wasn't good before that. Yeah. You know, he hasn't been good all year, which is a sad thing to say because I I like Jared Goff. Yeah. I think he's talented. I think the the game almost looked better with Wofford in it. Weird. Yeah. Crazy. Cam Akers finished with 131 rushing yards and a touchdown. He's going to be something special in years to come. And he's going to be a large part of that offense next week. Yeah. Especially if Wofford continues to be out. Especially against a very suspect Packers rush defense. Right. Agreed. Agreed. He's going to be playing a big role next week. And with that, we'll get right into Rams and Packers. Now, the Packers are favored by 6.5 points this coming week. And I'm taking the Packers. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Definitely. The Packers are my team for the rest of this year. I think they've got a very good shot at making the Super Bowl, and they have a better shot than a lot of people believe at winning it. Right. Right. But that Rams defense just looked so good last week against a really good Seattle offense. Yeah. And if they can do that against Green Bay, it's going to look scary. Mm-hmm. You know, so and the Packers rushing defense, it's the 13th best. So I know it didn't look that way. Yeah, it's it started to, you know, kind of get a little bit better as the year as the season went on. Right. But starting out, it wasn't very great. Right. So they might be able to play Cam Akers pretty well, but overall suspect rushing defense. So Cam Akers might be able to break out, might be able to not. I think that'll be a great depending. It'll be a great factor going into this game. Especially with the quarterback questions for L.A. Like, you don't know what they're going to be, but you know you got acres. You know right. you've got a running game. Right. And that's what they're going to have to go to if it's golf. Because yeah. golf was just horrendous. And I think that thumb hurts him even more, but I think he just he's just lost it. Yeah. So. But the, definitely the matchup has got to be Ramsey and Adams. Like, right. that is going to be... You know, grab your popcorn. That is going to definitely be the matchup of the week as right. far as player to player. Definitely. Like, the hottest receiver in the league. The best, I mean, maybe the best receiver in the league versus the best corner in the league. Right. Very, very good matchup. Mm-hmm. And I just think if the Rams come, if the Packers come out slow off of this bye mm-hmm. week, they are going to lose this game. I think Because the Rams get, are ready. I think they might get punched in the mouth early if they come out, you know, kind of sluggish, kind of slow. I don't know. It depends on, you know, how bad it gets. Because mm-hmm. that Packers offense can make it back right. if they have to. But Against they, the Rams they, defense, yeah. though. Yeah. They can't go down early, though. Right. They can't. Right. I agree. Because that's what happened to Seattle. Exactly. And that game was relatively low scoring. Yeah. And it could end up being now, I think the Packers offense is a lot more high-powered than yeah. the Seattle offense. But Rodgers playing at MVP level, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But we're both taking Packers in that game. I don't know if it's handily. I think that the Rams defense will play them really close. I think, I think it'll be close, similar yeah. to that Saints and Bears game. Yeah. You know, where the Bears defense played the Saints mm-hmm. pretty close. So, moving on, we've got the Ravens at the Bills. And this is both both of our game of the week. Yeah. I think this will be a barn burner. The Bills are only favored by 2.5 points heading in this game. The two hottest teams in football. Oh, yeah. The Ravens surging. Yeah. Still, and the Bills kind of stuttered last week, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see what comes out of that. But another cornerback wide receiver matchup that we got to watch: 
Humphrey and Diggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll be entertaining. I think there'll be a lot to see there. And Diggs, I did some looking, and in his past five games, he's had more than 70 receiving yards, at least. And in the one game that he had 70 receiving yards, like the least, he came out at halftime. Yeah. He was on pace for 140 receiving yards. Yeah. He's been he's been going crazy recently, but I think he's going to – I think Marlon Humphrey gives him problems. I think that Ravens defense gives him problems. But if they don't prepare correctly, which we've seen them do before, he could light them up. Right. Because they, there have been games where they haven't looked ready. Like they didn't look like they prepared for this player. Like that's what kind of happened in Kansas City. Like you kind of wondered, did they watch the film at all? Like he could come out and torch them. Mm-hmm. And like that's I've talked to a couple of people. That's what they're afraid of is right. Diggs lighting them up like that. And what Diggs has just got a lot of swagger to him. So once yeah. once he starts to get going, yeah, there's no stopping that. And him and Josh Allen have that chemistry already. Yeah, it's scary. He's got the most catches in the NFL, and it's because Josh Allen loves him. Yeah, he's just gonna keep throwing to him. I would. Actually, in his last, in four of his past five games, Stefan has at least 120 receiving yards. Yeah. That is unbelievable. For the last stretch of the, like the final to finish, yeah, right, and to carry that into a playoff game. I don't know. I think that. That could be the deciding factor, how well Diggs does and, you know, how much of an impact he has, but I still have Baltimore. I still think Baltimore coming in hotter than Buffalo. You know, they're riding that wave of beating the team that has been, like, you know, on their back. That's what they've been thinking about. That team's been in the back of their mind since last year. They beat them. They've got all the confidence in the world right now. I think Buffalo's just going to give them too much trouble in the passing game. I think Lamar's going to give him too much trouble in the running game. Right. And that's actually a really good point because the Bills' defense against rushing quarterbacks this year, Tannehill, considered a rushing quarterback, finished with 42 yards and a touchdown. Cam Newton, 54 yards and a touchdown. Russell Wilson, 5 yards and a touchdown. Kyler Murray, 61 yards and 2 TDs. And Newton in his other game plays against the Bills, 24 yards and a touchdown. All of those quarterbacks... The only ones in the Bills' schedule that were considered running quarterbacks all finished with a touchdown in their games. And Lamar is the best of all of them. Right. So he, he could give them a lot of problems. And Hollywood looked up last week. Like, he looked how Hollywood was supposed to look as a first-round pick. He's kind of been less than stellar coming out, except for, you know, a few really good games. He hasn't looked great. Like but, Hollywood's going to do, because yeah. that's just played style. He'll yeah. have really good games. He'll have bad games. Yeah. But. I think that if he can stay hot next week, especially, you know, with him being able to get going in the passing game, Lamar being able to go on the run game, it could, I mean, they could put up a lot of points. Both yeah. teams can. Oh, I feel like this game will just, it'll be back and forth and back yeah. and forth and back and forth. Those two offenses are elite. Elite. Some of the best in the NFL. So that is the game to watch. But, Jaden, you have the Ravens. I'm tempted to take the Ravens just because of the Bills' stats against rushing quarterbacks this year, but... I'm taking the Bills. I think they are the most Super Bowl-looking team besides KC. In my opinion. Right. Well, Well, I don't know. Even I might take the Bills over the Packers. Really? Yeah. Eh, I don't know, man. I I like what the Bills have been doing, the way that they finished the year, obviously, but the way that they looked last week, they didn't look like... They didn't even look like they were going to make out of the wild card I don't round. think people give the Colts enough credit. I don't, I don't think so either. I agree with you there. But if you are supposed to be the hottest team in the NFL, 
and you're playing against a team that their whole game plan is to keep it low scoring, run the ball, score when they have the ball, and get you off the field quickly. Right. And they put up surprisingly good offensive yeah. stats. Now, Phillip Rivers is a passing quarterback. Lamar is a running quarterback. So a little bit. They gave a little him, bit different to game plan for, obviously, but I think Lamar carries a lot of momentum into next week. Yeah, totally agree. And Diggs carries a lot of momentum into this week as well. So it will be the game of the week for both of us. We've got differing picks there. Now we move on to a game that we both very well agree on: Browns and Chiefs. Browns are going to get clapped this week anyway, so. (sighs) Comments from Claypool. (laughs) Reciting the comments from Mr. Chase Claypool. I'm not going to get into my my rant about the Steelers' receivers. But, you know, just poking a little fun at my miserable roster. Yes. I don't think there's much to talk about in this game. I think, like I I said earlier, Baker carries a lot of confidence into this game. Problem is, though... The Browns got up early last week because the Steelers came out flat. The Chiefs starters have not played in two weeks. They right. may come out flat. And if they come out flat and the Browns come out and punch them in the mouth again, is there a chance that Cleveland wins the game? Is there a chance? Is there? I think there's a chance. I think the Browns feel really good about beating the Steelers yeah. last week. Oh, yeah. And they looked great. Yeah. And their rushing game was on, and that's what they need. And their passing game was on. Yeah. And Baker's not always on, so... You don't know what Baker you get this week. That's the problem. But a confident Baker. Because early on in the season, people were giving Baker so much stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, that's how it's always been. I mean, right. you, you be that you know confident, arrogant quarterback, and then you go to Cleveland and you struggle a little bit, they're going to you know find all the receipts. Right. They're saying this and this and this. Right. But, I don't know. I Is there a chance? I think there's a chance, but... I, there's no doubt in my mind that the Chiefs take this away. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you do have a point about the Chiefs coming out flat, though. That was our argument in fantasy. Yeah, I remember that. Because I was yeah. of the belief, the hopeful belief, that my two best players, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, would play in Week 17 because I thought Andy Reid, being a smart man, would run out his starters in Week 17 to keep them fresh. For the playoffs, considering they had that first round bye, yeah. but when you got it locked, to no you're, you're locked, <laughs> you're locked in that one. I just I don't see any point. It's not worth risking, especially right. when you got an offense that can get hot so quick. Right, like I, I don't think there's a point in playing them, especially Tyreek had like a small injury. You don't want to screw that up. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, that was a lot of hopeful thinking there. Oh yeah, but I think there's definitely an argument. They are going to come out flat. I mean, they're going to come out stale. Yeah. Not having played football in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 20-ish days, yeah. Right. 20-ish days, if you put it that way. Yeah. Jeez. But Chiefs are the Chiefs. Patrick Holmes, Patrick Holmes. I think it'll be handily. Handily handled by the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Now we move on to our final game. We have the Bucks and the Saints, which on paper looks like a great matchup. Brady versus Breeze. It's a classic. They've been going at it forever. Saints are favored by three in this game, and I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a definitive pick coming into this. Like I, I didn't really know what I was going to say, but 
thinking back on it with the regular season matchups not being very in Tampa Bay's favor, and they didn't really impress me last week against Washington. Granted, that Washington defense is very good, but it's much of the same of what they're going to see this week against New Orleans. Right. So I think I think the Saints win, but not in like a landslide. Really? I, I think it's going to be close. Because, I mean, it's Brady. Yeah. It's playoff Brady. Playoff Brady. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I think you can't doubt what happened in the regular season, though. Yeah. You that's what you got to point to right away. Because in week 1, 23 to 34 favoring the Saints, and in week 9, 3 to 38, yeah. Saints win. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And I thought I would look back at the stats and Kamara was going to be a big factor in those games, but not too much. In week 1 game that they won against the Bucks, it's 16 yards rushing, a rushing touchdown. 51 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. Got the two touchdowns in that game, but the yardage not really adding up there. And in week nine, 40 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown and only nine yards receiving. But the X factor in those games, believe it or not, was Mr. Drew Brees. Six passing touchdowns and zero interceptions in those games combined. And Brady in those games, five interceptions and two touchdowns. Yeah, I I think... Obviously, the biggest factor, especially in that second matchup, was that game was definitively Tom Brady's worst NFL game. Like, that was the worst I've seen him look since I've been watching football. Statistically, that was probably the worst he's played. He had, what, like three picks in that game alone, like 70 passing yards. It was horrid. Like, that was the worst I've seen him play. But actually was counting on him to win a fantasy matchup. I just needed 10 points. I think it was five. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. (laughs) Yeah. But... I think that you don't you don't get to say that Brady is not going to like very seldomly would I take somebody over playoff Brady. Right. Never bet against Brady. Yeah. I very rarely have I bet against Tom Brady. And that almost tempts me to pick the Bucks, but it's a new team. It's not Patriots Brady. Yeah. It's not you Brady know. and Bill. It's right. Brady and Bruce and those two have butt heads. Right. They've kind of figured it out. There was a lot of, like, I think a lot of it was for show, to, like, show that, you know, Tom Brady's going to be coached just as much as Blaine Gabbard is. Like, I'm not showing him favoritism because he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to be coached. He's going to be critiqued just like everybody else on this roster. Because he needed to be critiqued. He didn't start out like Brady, like what they signed him to be. And they needed to, you know, kind of keep the foot on him because he wasn't playing like he was supposed to. And that's why they were struggling. Right. So who you... The long debate might be over. Bill, Tom, I think it might be Tom. I think it is too. Yeah. I mean, that Patriots team this year is not, not very talented at yes. all. They've got a few guys that have shown promise. They drafted a lineman that did pretty well. I mean, J.C. Jackson's having a breakout year. They've still got Gilmore. Cam, obviously, is not the answer. Jacoby Myers might yeah. be a wide receiver for the future, but he's not even near the number one oh, that no. he's playing like right now in New England. I mean, he's not playing like it, they, but they're forcing got, him into that spot. They've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, they've got a lot of work to do there. And the the Bucks have a Super Bowl yeah. to, put-together team, yeah. you know. So, now my bet against Brady thing, I, I think that's a really good point. You don't want to bet against Tom Brady, but when that came into doubt for me this year was that game in which... He forgot the down. Yeah. It was the last drive of the game. And I actually tweeted out during that game. I was like, I will bet on my mother's life that Brady wins this game. 
and then he forgets the down, and they lose. And I was tweeted right after that, I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> and after that, I don't think I could say bet, don't bet against Brady because... The I last think, time I did, you almost you know killed your mom. <laughs> right, right, no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So, anyway... Saints in that game, I'm taking. I think I got the Saints, too. I just I can't take away from what they've been doing all year. That defense is going to be very similar to what Brady faced last week. I know there were a lot of drop passes. I saw Godwin drop at least three. Right. Like, not 100% of their not-so-great offense was on Brady, but, I mean. And they've got good quarters. Yeah. Lattimore, not to mention the Lattimore-Evans matchup. Yeah. That'll be something to watch again. They've gone back and forth for yeah. – all season and seasons before this. Yeah. And Lattimore shuts down Mike Evans yeah. every single time. And he's got the war of words. I mean, Mike Evans is going to come in shivering into this game. Oh, yeah. So somebody else is going to have to be a factor there. Could be Chris Godwin. Could be Rojo. A.B. Could be Leonard. It could be A.B. A.B. looked good last yeah. week. Uh, granted, heart. against the Washington Hurts football team with a very good defense. But still the Washington football team, you're kind of just tossing it, you know. But, yeah, I mean, A.B. could be a factor. Godwin, Rojo, Leonard Fournette. Somebody else is going to have to make a difference besides Evans. I also want to see a fully locked in, this game is 100% serious, Michael Thomas, Kamara, and Drew Brees. They've played, what, 104 I think before this playoff game, or last week's game, they had 104 snaps together this year, and Michael Thomas had 40 receptions and 104 snaps of all three of them playing. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I'd like, I want to see them, I want to see them all together, you know, clicking on all cylinders, and if they do, they could, they might run away with it. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, they could run away with it like they did 38-3 to in Week yeah. 9. Something like that. Yeah. But, I don't know, Breeze... He's kind of coming in banged up. I don't know how that injury is going to look. Uh, but I still feel good about the Saints. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Fully healthy Mike Thomas. Fully healthy Drew Brees. Fully healthy Alvin Kamara. And they've got other pieces. Jared Cook has been looking good. Mm-hmm. So I think they take this game for sure. They're favored by three. I think they cover that at least. And they'll take it away. And with that, I think that just about covers it. Yeah. So, we expect to put out an episode next week. Um, Got some logistics in the way, possibly. I'm headed off to college next week, making the big move for the next semester. So, but we'll definitely put out a pod next week. And we're more readily available than ever. We're on iTunes now. We're on Spotify. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Blitz and Buckets. So, give us a follow. And good luck to all of your teams this week. And take our picks with a grain of salt as you go into this coming week. But good luck to all. Thank you very much.